infants on thrones. Throwback Black Friday. 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 Throwback Friday. Star House Mrs. Mini Sound. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Osland, and today I am going to invite you inside the deepest recesses of my brain. Not my current brain, but my brain as I was serving as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ in Okayama, Japan from 1991 to 93. I kept a dream lock. I would, I would wake up in the morning and record my dreams. I just, <laughs> I ran across this the other day and I started reading the first one and it's just so weird. So, uh, there might be some good things in here. There might not be, but, uh, I'm going to give this a shot and see how long can I sustain this for the next several weeks or months or however long it takes to get through this dream journal, uh, as a throwback Friday. It's new content. It's not recycling old Uh, episodes this time. This is a throwback to my dream log. So this first entry from June 17th, 1991. I was at a farewell, my own missionary farewell. I remember that there were a lot of people there. It was in a house. And for some reason, a band was playing. Then I played guitar with my grandpa and sang Norwegian Wood. After that, I was approached and congratulated by a lot of people. Story Daly tried to jump into my arms, but I didn't catch her, and she fell to the floor. She grabbed a hold of my overcoat belt, and she was pulling me towards the stairs. She kept saying, please... I just want you to hold me. You've just got to hold me. It was gross. I slipped my overcoat belt off and went another way through a big crowd of people to a dining room. My sister Missy was there. She didn't want to sit in a high chair. Then it was time to give presents. My friend Kevin wheeled in in his wheelchair with his wife Sydney right behind. Kevin had a little present, and Sydney was carrying a big CD tape player. She was acting unfriendly. So my mom said, you are unfriendly, and they got into a small fight. I remember talking with Kevin about it as he was about to go in and use a squatter. <laughs> a guy in a wheelchair using a squatter to uh, these Japanese toilets. That's funny. I think a lot of this dream was in Japanese. I also remember thinking how reliable of a support group my Aunt LaRue and Uncle Colby are. (laughs) Uh, Colby Carter, who is the father of Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, kind of my brush with fame early on. What a support group LaRue and Colby are, and someone looking at old pictures of my cousins, the Smiths, skiing, swimming, etc., A lot of my family was there. 
then there was more conflict this time between me and Kevin. And it was Kevin this time instead of Sydney. They were living at my house and they were very rude. They left to go see a baseball game and I wanted to pick up their things and kick them out. But then I thought, what would Christ do? <laughs> so I went around the neighborhood to get gifts for them. I saw a lot of people leaving to go water skiing. As I was going back to my house, I bumped into Greg Doyle, who started telling me all about his mission. He gave me some gifts that I in turn gave to Kevin. I wonder if that represents Sydney. Because <laughs> I had dated Sydney before Kevin dated Sydney and then married her. And Greg dated her before I did, so yikes, okay. When I gave the stuff to them, we all hugged and were friends again. We were all in our 40s, it seemed. Sid started sucking on my ear during the hug. Hmm. <laughs> Earlier, my house had been a boat, and dolphins and sea lions kept coming into our indoor swimming pool. I remember my little brother Jeff telling me a story about putting potatoes down his pants and other dumb things that hormones make me do stories. I also remember that when my dad would leave the ship house for something, he would put little sister Missy in charge of steering the boat. And I kept thinking that she was too young for that kind of responsibility. And that, dear listeners, was my dream from June 17th, 1991. I'll do, I'll do one more for today's episode. Minisode. Throwback Friday. Dream log style. So this is from the next night. June 18th, 1991. All I remember of last night's dreams are bits and pieces in no particular sequence. Kevin and I were at my house, joined by Grant Tenney. <laughs> oh, there's a story behind this. Uh, <laughs> who prayed in Japanese. We exchanged gum and decided to go see a movie. Kelly Romney was TPing the house across the street. Kelly used to listen to Infants on Thrones. Uh, and came over to say hi. Then someone pointed out an odd-looking little man standing and doing something odd by our front door. Did I mention he was odd? It was very odd. I approached him, and he said he had a piece of paper for me to sign from the owners of the house. It was obvious to me that he was lying. Things were written in kanji and had LaRue and Colby's name on it. Boy, I wonder why I was thinking about LaRue and Colby and Kevin so much during this time. I signed it in kanji, and he smugly grinned, thinking he had tricked me into selling the house. He went inside and stole a lot of stuff. We kept trying to catch him, but he was small. <laughs> and then in parentheses above that, I wrote, about a cubit. <laughs> he was small and quick and would bite whenever you'd grab him. We called the police, chased him all over the house, and found he was in the attic. He was pulling up a Christmas tree. Uh, I climbed up 
stairs by our fireplace and found him hiding behind some Christmas knickknacks. We chased him out of the chimney and the police finally got him. Then I remember going to the airport. I think this was earlier. Thomas and Harlow was going wherever, Japan, with me, and a few others, including Shannon Hayes and Pam O'Neill. Shannon and Pam kept getting offended at little things that they considered to be racist. (laughs) And I was just hoping that I could sit next to Thomason on the plane. At the airport, we got our missionary tags. Mrs. James, oh, a teacher from high school, brought them to us. Mrs. James was horrible. We tried to do some, uh, we tried to buy some food, but it was also expensive. And the lady behind the counter was a sarcastic Mrs. Resch type of person. Oh, Mrs. Resch was my chemistry teacher in high school. I remember seeing 10 cent tacos and finding out it was really $1.98. Then I guess I went to the movie with Kevin. Uh, Did I mention that he was riding a bike? I was giving out potato chips to kids as they walked by. I wanted to see the movie, but there was a girl there that I was more interested in. I don't know who she was. Kind of a Susie Carpenter type. She was cool. We went to a dinner with Stu Manning, and he was, who was my MTC companion, and he was making all these racist remarks, thinking that the blacks were thinking that he was funny. I said blacks in 1991. I hope that wasn't wrong. Again, Shannon and Pam were there and were repulsed. I pulled him out to tell him, but he didn't believe me and went right on with his racial comments. I don't remember much else. So there you go. And um, I kind of laughed at the beginning of that one because of the uh, Grant Tenney <laughs> thing. I don't know if I've told this story before on a podcast before. We, we did an episode a long time ago about practical jokes. And um, Matt hated me so much for, or at least that version of me. is like, yeah, I wouldn't have liked you as a practical joker. But I played a lot of practical jokes. And... The one with Grant uh, was at a steak dance. There was a girl named Carolyn. And Grant was just kind of like odd. But he was really interested in Carolyn. And so we were... uh, We were mean. I'm sorry. I was mean. I was kind of mean. I was just entertaining myself, but in mean ways. We told Carolyn that Grant was really interested in her. Which he might have said a few things to us, but we were overplaying it just to make her uncomfortable. And that he wanted to ask her to dance. And we were just winding her up, right? And then we went to Grant and said, Boy, Carolyn is really interested in you. She really wants you to ask her to dance. And so he did, and she hated it. And then afterwards, you know, and then that was it. It's over. But afterwards, we kept telling Carolyn that Grant was really, really interested in her. And he wouldn't stop talking about her and uh, was getting obsessed with her. And then a couple days later... This was about the time when uh, three-way calling became a thing. You know, like it was a... If your house had three-way calling feature on your home phone, that was that was pretty novel and unique. And so Kevin and I, we did a lot of telephone crank calls using the three-way calling. We called up Carolyn. Actually, Kevin called her 
didn't let her know that I was on the the other line listening in and uh, you know was winding her up more about Grant and he said well let's call Grant you know I'll, I'll call him on my three-way and uh, I'll just I'll you can listen in and I'll just talk to him as if it's me and him and I'll ask him about you and so he pretended to call Grant but he really called me and I did a voice that was like a Grant and I don't remember everything that I said but I I was pretending that I was satanic, you know, because we were Mormons. And so, like, what's the worst thing? Somebody who worships Satan. Like, we told Carolyn that Grant, (laughs) that we used to see Grant walking around the neighborhood at midnight wearing a dark overcoat and carrying a knife. And that, like, all of the neighborhood cats kept disappearing. We didn't really know what was going on with that. Um, So Kevin, Kevin called me, and I pretended like I was Grant. And I would just talk really really low and he would ask a question he's like I'm I'm not sure oh I'm not supposed to say that and Ken's like what do you what do you mean what what do you think about Carolyn well um no I'm not supposed to say so like pretending like there was this like crazy like like in my head as I was doing this performance I was thinking that he was talking to evil spirits and that the evil spirits were telling him what to do Anyway, it creeped her out so much that um, their family went and installed deadbolt locks on all of their doors. And um, Kevin and I just dropped it. That was it. Nothing else ever came of it. It's just a stupid, practical joke. One of dozens that I used to do as a kid. So, Throwback Friday, getting into the dark, disturbed mind of... Infants on Thrones, Glenn Ostland. You're welcome. Have a nice week. Hi, this is Nick from Los Angeles. And when I'm not spending time with my counterfeit family, I'm listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.